The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is up, everyone? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast live from Pullman, Washington, in a Marriott hotel. So, once again, apologize if the connection isn't up to par using uh, our Beats wireless headphones here, hoping that everything comes through nice and clear. As trying to make sure we get a podcast to you after the Clippers wrap up a six game homestand or six game road trip, rather. And boy, they looked pretty good during that road trip. But before we go into that road trip and do our usual reads, I have to introduce our guest. And our guest is someone that I know pretty well, actually. Someone that has not been on this podcast and a, uh, a very loyal hoopball listener. And uh, it's my brother, Adam. So Adam Marcus on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Adam, are you nervous? Are you excited? I'm, I'm pretty excited. What's going on, little brother? Hey, so it's my big bro. Um, for everyone that was wondering, um, Adam is a NBA fan that doesn't have an allegiance towards any team, really. So he uh, brings a non-biased point of view. He has adopted the Clippers somewhat since I've become a fan, especially over the last couple of years. Um, but fair to say, Adam, you never really had a team, right? I mean, because I became a Lakers fan when I was a kid, and then when I was 13 or 14, I became a Clippers fan. I've been one ever since. Well, I was, let's see, I was a Lakers fan back when they had Magic and Michael Cooper and Byron Scott and James Worthy. And they got Shaq and Kobe, and I got sick of them. And my real only allegiance uh, became any team that wasn't the Lakers. And so, obviously, supporting the Clippers was uh, my pleasure to do. And anything that I can do that either d- dismisses the Lakers' relevance or brings the Clippers to the forefront of L.A. basketball, I'm happy to do. Yeah, there you go. And and just so Adam knows and everybody else knows that this podcast, like all our shows, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. And Adam, it's Sunday night. Do you know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow's the work week, my man. And, and do you know what, what comes into your email box tomorrow? Uh, I, I want to say the bruise letter. Oh, boy. And Adam has signed up for the Bruise Letter, as have I, of course. Adam, why don't you tell the people how great the Bruise Letter is? Uh, the Bruise Letter is really fantastic. You know, you get your lowdown of all 30 teams. Uh, you get your uh, snippets on the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, Brewski is a big fan of them. Uh, they got a lot of, I'm going to say, moving pieces and turmoil going on there. But honestly, you know, you go to your sites like your there's a four-letter site out there. I'm not going to name it. Um, and others, and, you know, you really get some legit stuff, and I could not recommend it highly enough. So I think the I think the people still have time to sign up, don't they? Yes, they sure do. You can go ahead and go to our website, hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. Sign up. It takes just 10 seconds. It's hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox every single week. You're not going to get it on the website, not going to get it on social media, not going to get it anywhere else except for in your email and you get it every single Monday brew ends up probably staying up until three or 4 AM, sometimes 5 AM getting that done. It's a long article, long email that goes through, like Adam said, all the teams, it tells you what's going on, helps you fantasy wise also just helps you NBA wise as well to know what's going on with every team. But 
The one that we care about, of course, is the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to discuss um, in a little bit, Zach Lowe had his uh, show with Woj, and they were talking about the Clippers, and a couple of different things came up. Talked about Trez and whether the Clippers could possibly trade him. If you remember, Justin Wilson was on this podcast several months ago, and he thought that the Clippers could possibly deal Trez if they needed a true, legit big man. I know Trez is a power forward. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Also, Zach Lowe floated a possible trade out there for Marcus Morris that we will discuss. But first, Adam, let's talk about the road trip. Six games, four and two record. Would have loved it to be five and one. The Clippers kind of gave away the game yesterday against the Bulls. Overall, do you think the Clippers should be pleased with a four and two road trip, despite the fact that they ended up getting clobbered to start it against Milwaukee and then lost yesterday against Chicago? You know, I mean, I mean, listen, big picture, any road trip or even homestand for that matter, where the majority of the team is healthy, I think you should be happy with. Um, I think watching the game yesterday, they obviously didn't have their legs under them. You know, they were giving offensive rebounds up by the bushel. Um, so four and two, listen, any any time you lose to a Jim Boylan coach squad, um, mm. it's never going to be a positive. But. Listen, I think the positives are PG looks great. Uh, Landry came back and he did some Landry stuff for the first time all season. You know, and now they're going to go into a a stretch where they're playing nine out of 15 games at home. You know, I think the next 15 games, they have two back-to-backs. So they're going to have a chance to rattle off some wins. That's a good point. Their back-to-backs are going to be at San Antonio and at OKC next Saturday and Sunday in what's a four-game week. And then they'll have a home back-to-back against Memphis and New York on January 4th and 5th. So those will probably be the only two games we see Kawhi sit out all the way until mid-January when it's Dallas and Atlanta. But you bring up a good point with the whole Jim Boylan thing. I mean, Chicago is a team that is in turmoil. Everyone's wondering where their coach should be fired. And then you go to Chicago and I know it was the second game of a back-to-back, and you know it was against a team that you really couldn't get up for. But it just leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And, and what, I know that the regular season doesn't really matter, but when you rebound off that Milwaukee loss and you rattle off wins against Washington, Indiana, Toronto, Minnesota, and you lose to Chicago, there's just something about that that leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. But I guess it just it doesn't matter but I don't know. Am I right to feel that way, that a loss to Chicago is, I don't know, it stinks? Listen, you're going to have games all season, you know, that, you know, you you just either don't get up for, the shot's not falling, it just, you know, leaves you feeling just gross afterwards. Um, You you know, like I said, you know, the the fact is, you know, sixth game of a six-game trip, you know, I I think – they obviously were tired. You know, it's going to be notable to see how they come out next game. I believe it's Tuesday versus Phoenix, um, another team that, you know, doesn't really have all their ducks in a row there and is struggling. They just lost to a garbage Spurs team on the last second bucket. Um, but I, I think what's important now is you're getting Landry back. You know, Lou obviously has missed a couple games. So when he gets back, you just have to figure out what rotation pieces you know, makes sense. How many deep Doc is going to go? You know, is he going to go 10, 11 guys deep? You know, the, the Kawhi thing and figuring out the rotations when Kawhi's sitting and PG's there is still a work in progress. But listen, there's still, what are they, 20 and 8? 
So I, yeah. at this point, you know, the fact, the fact that we're Clippers fans and we're a little nervous and not feeling that great. And they're 20 and eight. I mean, if you would have told us this, what, two, three years ago, yeah. you know, we would have, we would have been thrilled, you know, but we've got, got a little spoiled because we have arguably two of the best 10 players in the league right now. Yeah, that's true. It's so weird that if you look at their eight losses, you have a loss at Chicago, a loss against San Antonio. You just mentioned them. You lost to New Orleans, lose to Phoenix. It's just some of these losses are so bad. And then you have wins against the Lakers, of course, a win against Utah, Portland, a couple against Toronto. It's just one of those things where you're losing games that you really shouldn't and you're winning games that you want to win. Uh, it's just frustrating when you see teams like the Lakers that go and beat everybody right now. It seems like they're not losing any games at all. But then again, it's we are in December. It doesn't really matter at this point. It'll be nice to have them back home. You mentioned they're going to have a pretty nice January slash December, um, end of December, being at home for a while. And you look at one of those road games on Christmas, it's at the Lakers, so that doesn't really count. And then they also have at Sacramento, so they don't leave California. The only time they leave California all the way up until January 12th is when they go to San Antonio and OKC on the 21st and 22nd. So a chance to really get your feet under them. The one thing that's frustrating, its not I don't know if it's frustrating as much as it is annoying is that it seems like every single time the Clippers get somebody back, they lose somebody else. And in this case, Lou Williams, I was talking to Adam Osland earlier in the week about Lou Williams and the minutes that he was playing and how I was a little worried about that. And it seems like perhaps maybe it's catching up with him and who knows how long he's going to be out. It, it's worrisome that the Clippers keep having someone get hurt and they haven't actually played a game with their full complement of players yet. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, I was you know, just thinking about it before and you know, the one guy who I might be a little concerned about actually is PG, you know, because he's, he's playing all the back-to-backs. He's playing every game. He's playing 30 plus minutes. You know, he obviously has a, a much larger burden and scoring load that is, you know, needed from him on days when Kawhi sits, you know, I think now we kind of have come to terms with the fact that Kawhi might never play a back-to-back ever again, which is kind of the new NBA. Um, but big picture, I, th- I think, you know, I don't want to kind of count our chickens, but I think we're on a collision course with the Lakers for the Western Conference Finals. You know, if, unless there's something crazy that happens, you look at the rest of the Western Conference, you know, I think the West is not as strong as we thought it was before the year started. You know, Denver is they're just Denver. I think they're a good regular season team. They're fine. Um, I'm not scared of them. You know, Houston, as long as they have Westbrook, is going to be a disaster in the playoffs. You know, Portland's regress, San Antonio, you know, they stink. Oklahoma City doesn't scare me. You know, I'm sure I'm missing a couple teams in there. Um, But I think if all four studs stay healthy, you know, and you're talking AD, LeBron, Kawhi, and PG, I, I just don't see a way where those two teams aren't meeting in the Western Conference Finals. And at that point, I don't think home court matters either. So I just think you need to keep these guys healthy for the regular season. Yeah, I think you're right. And it was nice to see Landry back. Uh, the first shot he took, he made 11 points, four rebounds for him. Nice to see him get 21 minutes, too. And you mentioned Paul George. It's a really good point, Ad, because he played 31 minutes in the second game of back-to-back. We've seen him have some really bad shooting games. 9 of 20 was really solid against Chicago. 27 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals. Did have six turnovers, but that'll happen when you're really asked to do everything. 
And I think it may have gotten to him at the end of the game. I think he missed the last three shots he took at the end of the game when the Clippers were up initially. And then Chicago got a couple of big shots and PG was asked to hit a few and he missed them all. And so perhaps the legs were not completely underneath him uh, for the final few. But it's, it's tough because you want these guys to play. But at the same time, every back-to-back, are you going to sit Kawhi out and then maybe sit PG the same game or stagger them? I don't know if that's possible. So do you think that's something that they should do, that PG should maybe sit out more back-to-backs, or should he just sit random games out here and there and let Kawhi play, or should both of them sit out one game and then just so be it? I I think if they're going to sit out, they should sit the, the same game because lost in this whole Kawhi load management discussion – is the fact Paul George had surgery on both his shoulders, right? This, this wasn't some kind of minor procedure he went through in the offseason. You know, he had surgery on both his shoulders. So to ask this guy to play, what, another 57, 58 games, whatever they have left, I don't really think is realistic. You know, if I think if you get another, you know, let's call it 44, 45 from Kawhi, you know, maybe 50 from PG, in my opinion, it's worth it. And you take games like Phoenix, for example, on Tuesday. You know, that's a team they could most likely, if they're at home, they could beat, you know, without those two guys. But with with that said, you also need Lou healthy. You need Trez healthy. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because you've got these two studs, you know, one of which isn't going to play all the time. And you got the other one who is off two pretty significant procedures, and you have Doc who has to manage it. Yeah, and the worst part is that you mentioned all these these four guys you have and how their minutes, they're all, all their minutes are going to be up when someone else sits. So when you have PG out, for example, Kawhi's minutes will be up, Lou's minutes will be up, and Trez's minutes will be up. And if you have a game where Kawhi and PG sit, then Lou and Tresley playing an absurd amount of minutes, and then you risk injury for those guys, and you risk their legs being tired when you get towards the end of the season. So you mentioned Tuesday. Tuesday could be a good game for PG to sit because Kawhi just sat, and now is a chance where PG just played in a back-to-back, a chance for him to maybe get an extra couple days off and let Kawhi do his thing because these two guys have now played with this Clippers team without each other so many different times that you know they're capable of doing it. On the other hand, though, if you do that, it's less time you have for PG and Kawhi to get on the same page. So it's a really tough decision that Doc has to make. And I think this is going to be one of his toughest coaching jobs this year is trying to figure out when you sit Kawhi, when you sit PG, if you do, when you sit Lou Williams, if you ever sit Trez. And it's really difficult because you want these guys to be healthy for when it matters in April, May, and June. You know, to be honest with you, I don't think Trez is going to sit. You know, if, if Lou was healthy, I don't think he'd sit. I mean, let, let's remember where we were, you know, a few years ago. I mean, players didn't sit. And by the way, for the most part, they were healthy. You know, this whole load management era is really new. Um, not to mention the fact that teams don't have four games and five nights anymore. You know, so the schedule is a little more forgiving. Um and I'm also not sure the Clippers are done with this roster, you know, as it currently shakes out. Um, if they do continue to have the injuries, you know, the buyout market's going to be there in a couple months. So I'm just wondering, you know, if there's someone there that's going to be an impact player that they're going to go after. 
you know, whether it's an Iguodala, it might not be. You know, I don't even know if he's even the answer right now. But there's always guys out there that, you know, you look back on, you know, take Ennis Cantor last year, you know, for the Portland Trailblazers, you know, that make a difference. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually, um, because we talked about earlier in the year what the Clippers would need to add and whether that would be a backup point guard, would it be a backup big? Everyone was talking about Iguodala, and I think Iguodala is the last guy they need on this team right now, and you have people like Harkless. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out in that buyout market and whether they can help the Clippers, whether it's a point guard or a center. But you give a perfect transition. Let's talk about the Zach Lowe and Woe show from earlier today. And we'll talk about two different things. First of all, Zach Lowe mentioned a possible trade for Marcus Morris. And the reason why he said that Marcus Morris could be a target for the Clippers, and Marcus Morris is having a decent year in New York, but then again, he's being asked to do a lot more than you would be doing it with the Clippers. Apparently, the Clippers thought they had an agreement with Marcus Morris back in July on a three-year, $40 million contract. He then committed to, decommitted from San Diego, uh, San, Diego San Antonio, and signed with New York. So, Zach Lowe mentioned the Clippers might try and trade for Marcus Morris. And that trade he suggested could be Mo Harkless, Pat Patterson, and a first-round pick for Marcus Morris. And as I kept reading those names, I was thinking, there's more? There's more? It just doesn't make sense to me. I know Mo Harkless didn't play a whole lot for Portland because he wasn't a huge contributor offensively. But for me, I think for this Clippers team, I think Harkless is a better fit than Morris. And then to add Patterson, who does so much as a three-point shooter and a stretch big, and a first-round pick, it seems ludicrous to me. What do you think? We haven't actually talked about this yet. Well, I mean, let's let's just go through piece by piece. You know, let's start the back end. You know, the first-round pick, first of all, I didn't even know the Clippers had a first-round pick, you know, before the year 2040. So, True. you know, if they're able to get one, you know, between now and then, um, they're, you know, they're definitely not giving it for a guy like Marcus Morris. Um, you know, Patterson is, you know, he's Pat Patterson. He's fine. And he's going to make a couple threes, but he's not really going to move the needle. Um, and Harkless is fine. I think the, the bigger issue, and you can really ask any Celtics fan, is Marcus Morris is a ball stopper, right? You know, there's also a reason why Marcus Morris decided to join the Knicks and not the Spurs. You know, and I'm not convinced it wasn't because the Knicks said, we're going to let you take every single shot that you want to. And by the way, you're going to play for your next contract as well. Um, so I don't really want a guy on my team that's going to keep chucking up the ball, especially when he's the, I don't know, the fifth best option. Um, he's just, he's a black hole. You know, you might as well sign Carmelo Anthony if you're going to do that. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And um, eventually the Clippers will probably run out with a lineup that has Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, by the way, we even talked about him. He's hurt too. So you get Magruder back. And you get Shamit back, but Lou Williams is hurt. Beverly has the concussion. So it seems like the Clippers can't really get anybody healthy. But you'll have Beverly. You'll have Lou Williams. You'll have Trez. You'll have PG. You'll have Kawhi. Jamichael Green. You have so many different guys. And Harkless does so much defensively. He's not even asked to do very much offensively. So to bring in a guy like Marcus Morris, is the problem offense? I don't think the problem is offense. I don't think you need someone like Marcus Morris. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to start him? And where are you going to put him in your lineup? Because you have Kawhi and PG, and you don't want to have Zoo 
lose more minutes if you decide to get even smaller. It just doesn't make sense to me in any way, shape, or form. Well, I'm, I'm never giving up the asset for a guy like him. So the first-round pick, in my opinion, is just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mo Harkless does exactly – you know, he's fine. I mean, losing him wouldn't be the end of the world, but not for a guy like like Marcus Morris. I think if you're going to make a trade, it's either going to be for a uh, point guard that's more of a facilitator – um, or if it's going to be for a big, right? And, yeah, you know, the, really the, the only team where, you know, the big is going to really come into play is going to be the Lakers, and that's not a surprise. You know, Yeah, because, exactly. It, it, it would be a trade primarily for the Lakers, you would think. Right, and the, the fact is people say, you know, who, who's AD? Who's going to guard AD? Well, guess what? No one guards AD. You know, he's, he's a freak of nature. He's one of the top three players in the world. You're not going to stop him. You know, Anthony Davis is going to get his 30 to 35. LeBron's going to get his 30 to 35. And the fact is it's a two-man team, you know, on the other side of, uh, you know, on the other locker room at Staples, and you kind of figure it out. But on their side, they have no one that can guard uh, Paul George or Kawhi. And, you know, I don't even know who their third best player would be in that sense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're active in the – Buyout market as well. But yeah, I think we've we've come to the conclusion that Marcus Morris makes no sense for this Clippers team at all. Because you talk about backup big, by the way, in terms of adding someone in the buyout market. The issue with the big is that then maybe Zoo loses more minutes than he already is losing. And he's someone that's so efficient when he's on the floor. And sometimes Doc doesn't play him enough. So to have somebody else in there as a big that's taking minutes away from Zoo. And you want to have Trez play as many minutes as possible because he's so efficient. Uh, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but we speaking of Trez, one thing that Justin brought up a several months ago when I had him on the podcast at LA Clippers Film is where you can find him, um, is that Montrez Harrell could be commanding the max this offseason. And the Clippers may try and trade him at the deadline to get a legit big. Who knows who it would be? but to get a legit big to battle up against Anthony Davis. And the question is, does it make sense for the Clippers? Because apparently he says that Dallas could be a potential buyer because they don't have picks to trade because of their Porzingis trade, but they could trade Montrez Harrell, the Clippers could, to Dallas because the Clippers may not want to pay him for the upcoming season and pay him like a max. So we'll two parts to this. First one is, simple yes or no, do you think he's a max player? I, I definitely don't think he's a max player because he's, what, he's a top, you know, let's call it 60 to 70 player in the league. You know, if, yeah. if we're going to give max contracts to, on average, two players per team, um, you know, that contract's going to look terrible in, I don't know, immediately, you know, but definitely in the second or third year. Yeah, so the, then the second part of it is, do you trade Montrezl Harrell? Or do you keep him this year and make the run this year knowing that you have Kawhi and PG only locked up for essentially two years? Well, I think that's exactly it. I mean, the, the fact is, this year is basically 50% of the term where you are 100% certain that you have Kawhi and Paul George, right? And to give Montrez the max where you don't even know what your cap's going to look like in two years. Um, you want to put yourself in the best position to be able to 
you know, woo the two of them because they both, I believe, have a player option for the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do, if they do end up trading Montrez Harrell, I would be shocked um, if the blessing was not given by at least uh, Kawhi's camp and most likely, you know, Paul George's as well, because we've kind of seen that, you know, the, the, the two of them are kind of um, the puppet masters, you know, as you were, you know, ever since the summer. So, but we'll see. I mean, listen, Lawrence Frank knows what he's doing. You know, Doc's a hell of a coach. You know, the fact is I would hate to break up the best one-two punch off the bench in Lou and Trez, you know, so to make that trade this year, I don't think makes sense. I think, you know, you get some cohesion with the group, you run the two of them out there, you know, you establish some chemistry with PG and Kawhi and, you know, and you, and you go to battle in the playoffs. So you risk it and risk Montrez Harrell leaving for nothing at the end of the year. I think you, I think that makes the most sense. I don't think you trade him in the middle of this season. I just don't think that makes sense to deal him when you're going for a title this year. If you win the title this year and you lose Montrezl Harrell for nothing, I don't think anybody that's a Clippers fan will care, right? No, I, I listen. I wouldn't care, and I, I know for certain you wouldn't care. You know, I, you know, you would, you know, probably, you know, give your left arm for a Clippers title, right? So, yeah. I mean, the, the the fact is that, you know, this team obviously does not have a long-term view, right? They they don't have many first round picks really for the next decade, you know, they're locked into, you know, the, the current Clippers team as it stands right now, you know, and to mess with a really key cog in that. And the fact is that, you know, Trez isn't just the, you know, 18, 19 points, eight, nine rebounds, you know, block and steal a game. I mean, he's the motor of the second unit and he's, you know, one of the heart and souls of this team. You know, I'd say he and Pat Bev, you know, are, are the two emotional leaders of this team right now. And to get rid of one and to try to work someone else in, you know, midseason, when you're also trying to figure out how to work, you know, PG and Kawhi into some kind of rhythm, I think it, I think it's really, really risky. And I don't think it makes sense. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you just ride this out and see where you go. And you obviously have several more months of this season. And next up for the Los Angeles Clippers, they will be home Home sweet home on Tuesday against the Phoenix Suns. And then following that, they'll take on Houston on Thursday before a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday at San Antonio and at Oklahoma City. Probably have a podcast in the middle of the week, try and bring on Corbin and discuss what's going on with the Clippers. Um, I am still going to be on the road until Saturday. So we'll have uh, one of these, I don't know what you want to call them, it's not your legit mixing board with regular mics, and it's a, uh, a makeshift-type podcast here. But Adam Marcus, my brother, joining us. Do we want to give out your Twitter handle? I know you don't actually tweet, and you don't. I don't know if you actually want people following you. Are we going to do that or no? No, I think it would just be a waste of time. I'd, I'd rather people follow you and Dan Bespris and Brewski and people that actually matter on social media. I'm just going to fade in the background and, and give my – and give my opinions where people can hear them on the podcast. They want to hear what I have to say. They're going to have to work for it. Ah, well played. Well played. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus. You can follow the podcast at Hoopball Clips. This has been the Hoopball Clippers podcast. Adam, appreciate you joining me, and we'll have you again on shortly.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.